It's a big Kiddush in the Rambam. The Rambam says the following thing in Hilchas Deus Perik Shishi. He says Derech Biyasa Shel Adam. The way a person was made, Derech Biyasa Shel Adam, Yes Nimshach B'Deosav Uvmaasav Achareyav V'Chaveyav V'Nerekiminag Anshem Medinasa. Derech Biyasa Shel Adam. The way a person was made, the way a person was created is Yes Nimshach that is pulled B'Deosav in his mindset Uvmaasav and in his action actions. Achar, after, Reyav, close friends. V'chaveirov, associates. V'noyhei commit b'minhag anshei b'medinosoi. And he behaves in the way of the people of his place. In other words, the Rambam says over here the following. That there's three levels of connection that a person has. His close friends, his acquaintances, and his social environment. And he says, in regard to the way a person is structured, the way a person is built is he will be pulled after his way of mode of behavior will be dictated to by the place that he puts himself. In other words, it's almost inevitable that a person becomes, to a certain degree, a product of the environment that he's in. And therefore the Rambam says that the essential choice that a person has to make is not really how you're going to live your life, but where you're going to be located. And that's why the conclusion of the Rambam is Lefichach. Lefichach means the conclusion. Tzarech Adam nischaber la tzadikim. You have to connect yourself to tzadikim. V'leishev eitzel hachachamim. And you have to sit amongst the stages. Tomit, always. Kedei, in order. Sheyilmuit mimaseim. So that you should be able to learn from the actions. Sheyilmuit mimaseim. And you should distance yourself from the Rishayim that walk in darkness so you won't learn from your actions. As Shlomo Melech says, the one that walks with the wise will become wise. The one that hangs out with the foolish, he'll go bad. And it's happy as the man who doesn't walk in the ways of Rishoyim. So look, I don't understand this Rambam. What's Pshat in the Rambam? Why is it that the Rambam puts at the focus of a person's avoider ways, ways? And what does he mean when he says Derech Briyoseh Adam? It's the way that person was made. So Lechayra, what the Rambam is saying is something which is our most basic, the most basic cognitive operation that we have is the, the decision that we make, decisions that we make, almost inevitably on every level involve some degree of comparison. For example, temperature. Is it hot or cold? Well, it depends what you're comparing it to. Right now this room is cold compared to the desert. It's hot compared to being in a frigid climate in the near the poles. Is this room big or small? Well, it's tiny in comparison to an auditorium. It's massive in comparison to a closet that you can walk into. Is the standard of this sheer high or low? It's high. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Something's objective. Are the comments are the comments in the share appropriate or inappropriate? <laughs> inappropriate. So so what it means as follows, and that we can't as human beings we structured that it's impossible for us to see anything in isolation. There's only light because there's darkness, and there's only good because there's bad. The, the Maral expresses this in the following sentence. The essential knowledge is a knowledge of opposites. In other words, in order to grasp one thing, you grasp the thing and its opposite, and then you grasp the thing. You can't grasp anything in isolation. Everything has to have a context to it. So therefore, when we contextualize ourselves, we're always doing so in relation to something else. Now, what kind of things do we use to compare ourselves to? Well, we always use the closest thing that has some type of overlap and we use that as our, as our yardstick. So, for example, when I'm trying to figure out if it's cold or hot today, I don't think, well, you know, in the middle of the winter there was a day that was. I think, well, yesterday was warmer than today, so today is cold. Because yesterday is the closest thing to today. And if I think, uh, am I short or tall? So I don't think about, well, compared to Karim Abdul-Jabbar, I'm a midget. But I think compared to the, the average person that's, that's, that's in the room, I'm pretty tall. So, but again, if I compare myself to your shirt, so then I'm short. If I compare myself to a person, I'm a giant. <laughs> not, you're not a midget, I'm a giant. I'm saying, you're not very short. You're not very, very short, I know what I'm saying. <laughs> Is that why you wanted to go study in China? Yeah. <laughs> things are relative so now let's go forward further with this let's think about in the in terms of our spiritual level where we hold them again it becomes a product of the environment imagine if you say to a person well how's learning going it's raw learning but I'm starting say is it you tell me say well what do you mean? He says, in the last year, I managed to take three hours out to learn. It happened to all be on first night. <laughs> but I've learned, but I'm starting, and compared to why, because compared to my friends, they've never learned in their lives. So I'm doing exceptionally well. On the other hand, if you put yourself in environments like this one, so then, perhaps not. Perhaps not. So it depends on context. And therefore, almost everything that you see and understand and grasp about yourself becomes a product of the environment. So entire consciousness, that's what the Rambam says, The way a person was created, It's the way it is. It's just the way it is. It's unavoidable, because your brain doesn't work any other way. Your brain always works based on comparisons, and the, it compares to the closest thing, the thing in, that's juxtaposed to your present being. So for example, how do davening going? I say to you, Carlos, how's your davening? How is your davening going, Taka, Carlos? How's it going? Baruch Hashem, eh? Do you daven a long or short one, Shemon Long. Long. How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? How do you know it's long? Maybe it's short. How do you know that the time is long? What makes it long? Okay, so what minute do you daven in? Okay, so do you realize that they like really quick in the main base? 
<laughs> They're massively quick. Have I told you the story about Ruvain and Robert and Shimon and Stanley? Amazing story. Let's find a time and place far away, just near the castle. There was, there was a man called Ruvain. Reuven was a chassid of a Tzviyamaya. Tzviyamaya, he's, he's got a little shul in, uh, in Gushmonim. And on Shabbos morning, they start diving at 8 and they finish at about 2. Okay, there's no clock in the shul, so you can't say they finish at 2, but that's, that's approximately. Approximately, davening takes about 6 hours, Shabbos morning. That's Ruvain. So Ruvain lives there, he loves the davening, he gets into it, passionate, he gets absorbed, it's like it's an experience, it's not like, oh, it's Yeti davening. It was a real thing, he goes through and he... Shimon lives on a little more shove, and he also davening in the shul, also for a man. There the davening in Shabbos morning is one and a quarter, one and a half hours. Yeah, I've got Ruvain on the one hand, davening like a tiger for six hours, and you've got Shimon davening like a tiger for one and a half hours. Ruvain has his cousin Robert come stay with him. Robert is mamash for that. No shaykhs. Doesn't doesn't have a clue what's going on in Judaism. And he hangs up like he just turns up at his room and his cousin. He says he says hello, how are you? He says, tell me, uh, it seems like the, the there's like a lot of activity. What is today? Well, you know, it's Friday. He says no, it's Friday. He says no, we have something called the Sabbath. He says that's interesting. What is it? Well, and he discusses to him. He says and you know, he says like you can join me for services tomorrow. He says you know, it generally goes on services last six hours, but whenever you feel ready, you know, you can leave. So Robert says, oh, this seems fascinating. He goes and he joins Reuben for his Twitter and he sees how people are passionately involved. And he's really impressed. He says, for 45 minutes, not too close. He says, that was a really interesting experience. Same time, Shimon has his cousin called Stanley coming from Australia. And Stanley, first of all, first of all, he like, has to adjust himself to, to the fact that people um, work faster. But when he's got over that, he, he says to he says to Shimon, he says, Shimon, he says, tell me, says like what it seems like a little bit odd today is there something going on says, what is today he says it's Friday says, no no it's Friday he says no this is Shabbos we have this thing called Shabbos and uh, it's a Sabbath and we, we, we have like all these things he gives him a bit of background he says why don't you join me for um, synagogue tomorrow it's about one and a half hours but you can feel free to leave whenever you like and so he's like okay the dash goes in there he enjoys the, enjoys the atmosphere stays for about 15-20 minutes and off he goes now what's the amazing thing is that both River, uh, Robert and Stanley they really like they get close to their cousins, they explore, they learn together, and they get really involved in Judaism. And six months later, they have Mamash bought into the Shabbos Dabnin lock, lock, lock barrel and stock. Mm. And and they, they, they're into it. And so Robert goes and he gets at 8 o'clock and pumps away until 2 o'clock. Galalik walks out there like he's in 7th heaven. Same thing with Stanley. Stanley goes in there, pumps away for one and a half hours, walks out there. After this, nine months later, and they've been living with their cousins respectively, Robert and Stanley decide that they want to experience something new. And they both land up at Orsamach for Shabbos. Orsamach Beit Medrash. They get to Shul. Shul starts at 8 o'clock. Get there at 8 o'clock. You can imagine Robert's thinking, oh, getting warmed up. We're ready for his like one and a half hour psukit Zimra. Stanley warmed up, ready for his 15-minute psukka de Zimra, and 8 o'clock, and there's Robert pumping away. Boom! 
Both doing it in their own own way. When Robert's like just hitting like grounds about Mizbashir and Shabbos, and by this time Stanley's like in like reading every Oscar thing he can get his hands on. Um, suddenly the cousin goes up and goes, And I was like, whoa, 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 and they got whoa, 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 Ridiculous, no? Robert goes, ridiculous. And then he goes, like, like what was that? He says, I have no idea. And then Robert says, like, there was like, black and people dabbing that fast. And then you mean, you mean slow. <laughs> so Robert says, that's the quickest thing I've ever seen in my life. And so he says, you're joking, right? He says, that was the slowest thing I've ever seen in my life. Just depends where you come from. So you can never say you do dabbing slow fast. Just depends where you are. Do you have with Kavon or not Kavon? Depends on the people around you. Are you into it or you're not into it? Depends on the people around you. So, so you were convinced at the beginning of the Shem, Baruch Hashem, now you're enlightened. But you're convinced that you have with long time years, right? No, you didn't. It happened to be that in the place that you are, that considered long. But I ask you, I implore <coughs> you, go to, go to the mirror. You'll be amongst Harishonim, the first finishers. You know the joke about the mirror. They learn very fast. They say they daven like they learn. They learn like they daven. Should daven. Could the blatter day davening and shachris is like six hours. Not really. Not really. But it's the same with everything. To understand that everything becomes a product of your environment. So therefore, you have no independence. You're just a vessel of the place that you grew up in. You're a product of the social milieu in which you evolved. You're not a person. You break out of it. Huh? That's the key. That's the challenge. Can you? How? If you think about this stuff, you just don't take it for granted. But it's impossible. Because even let's say, so now, let's say the thinking man. Thinking man says, "I made a decision. I will no longer become a mere product of my environment. I want to forge my own derech in life. I want to be my own person. I'm going to choose a path of righteousness." And even when you choose to do different from everyone else, you still have to measure how different you are. And therefore, the difference will be relative to the people around you. Unless, unless you open up the safe. And this is the whole thing that, this is fascinating. This is the whole lesson of Musa. Abdesa speaks about it explicitly. The whole lesson of Musa, of Chassidus, of Avodis Hashem, is Avadai, person has to realize the environment is fundamental and it's very hard to escape it. But what happens? What's the derech out of it? You have to be mischaber to tzadikim. You have to connect to tzadikim. How do you connect to tzadikim? Simple, simple solution. You find real, live, living, breathing, speaking tzadikim. 
and when you're in their presence, your life will become something different. It's like it's like playing squash. You have to. You can understand the comparison. Your game always improves when you're playing with someone who's good. Squash. You know? <laughs> racquetball, racquetball. So long. It's a ball, it's a, it's, a, it's a very advanced sport. You're given a racket, which is a long piece of wood. At the top of the wood there's a round um, a round circle which is strung <coughs> strung made from the stomach of a cat but he ever synthetic um, then you're given a small rubber ball when cold it does not bounce but when you hit it against the wall repeatedly it gets warm and then it bounces a lot so you stand <coughs> on one side of this court which is a rectangular court with a wall in front of you and you take this rubber ball and you hit it hard against the wall and it bounces and then your opponent returns the shot and that's how the game continues and I know it sounds silly, but when you actually study it and get involved with it, you forget that it's silly. <laughs> so, when you play squash and you're playing with a, when it's true of any sport, your game rises to the level of your opponent. It's an amazing thing. I strongly, if you, if you want to see how this works, please, I call any of you and challenge <laughs> No, no, Gerson, they don't, they haven't invented squash in Israel. What do you think? Of course they have squash. This is, it's, everything. Compulsive association. One question to ask for this question is well. It's another thing to ask for the details of the course and the times in the open. That's going too far. Kavura. <laughs> so your your environment dictates what you become. But Dub is right. What happens if your environment doesn't facilitate what you want? Where, where is there room for decision and forging your own path? So the truth is, the simple way of being mischabed to tzaddikim is by becoming close to them. But if that's not available, the way you become close to, the, to tzaddikim is through their works and through studying their words. And then that becomes, if you can create an internal comparison, which seemingly is inevitable, a person has to do it. Because otherwise, your life becomes one big, pathetic oscillation based on geographical location. You become a spineless victim of the place where you happen to be located. In order to create a strength of character, you have to define objectively what is right and what is wrong, what is appropriate, what is inappropriate, what is citrus and what is not citrus. And then, if you're in the worst of all environments, the thing that you hold in front of your eyes is not the people around you, but the value inside of yourself. That's called Limud Musa. That's called Hasidus. That's called Avodah Hashem. Where, it's an interesting thing. I remember one of the most bizarre religious experiences I've ever had, or non-religious experiences I've ever had, was I once went to a shul in a particular country, and the rabbi was giving a sermon to a bar mitzvah boy. And the rabbi, I had doubts about his commitment to Jerusalem. <laughs> Seemed quite tenuous. And when he said the speech to the bar mitzvah boy, it reinforced my opinion of him. Never know, can't judge him unfavorably. But what he said was very strange. It was Parshas Noach. And in Parshas Noach, the brocha um, is given to Yafis is Yafta the Kim the Yafis for Yishkon Bo'ya Lashem. 
Shem will bring beauty to your face one of the sons of Noah. And he will dwell in the tenth dwell, Shochem, Vishkoin, Boed Hashem. And you want to derive from this Pasuk that Hashem is called a Shekinah, he's a dweller, which is the same word as a Shochem, like a neighbor. And the Joshua said to the Pasuk, you have to realize that the Jewish God is like a neighbor. And just like a good neighbor, he doesn't like pry into your business and he keeps his distance and he only comes when invited. That's what God's like. He doesn't interfere with your life. <laughs> I thought, hmm looked around just to make sure I was in a Jewish establishment uh, and it came out I was I saw that there was definitely separate I wondered all of a sudden who'd written them and I thought oh my gosh that's that's ridiculous that's absurd not only is it absurd it goes against the very first halacha in Shulchan Aruch the very first halacha in Shulchan Aruch is Ramah says the basis, the first thing Shulchan Aruch is Hashem in front of me always. That's it. You're living with Hashem. He's not a neighbor. He doesn't go away. I think uh, one of the analogies, one of the metaphors that Superman is meant to present is the wider concept of God. The wider concept of God is a Superman God. Superman God is the God that he suddenly appears when you need him. And then what's magnificent about him is then he like flies off into the distance and you go, oh gosh, thank God. <laughs> Irony. That he's God. Uh, in other words, he doesn't, he doesn't infringe on your lifestyle. What we are speaking about yesterday is that we don't understand what infringing means. That the irony of life is that what we perceive as limitations are liberations and what we appear as a liberation is a limitation. Because ultimately the physical world is the world of parameters and boundaries. It's a world which is located in what's called the system of death. Everything that begins ends. And therefore when a person becomes sucked into that style of living, so he becomes trapped in the confines. So to contrast, to contrast things in anything which is, has a basis to it, generally with time it gets better and better. Anything which has a physical fundamental to it, as time it will deteriorate. There's an amazing Gemara which says, a strange thing, it says that Ya'in Yashon Das Zekenim Noicho Hemeno. Yayim Yashin is old wine. It's good for the, the mind of, of, of the king. I mean, the Gemara needs to give us wine tasting advice. What is, they've got cut in the, in, in the vineyards in the Galil. The idea of Yayim is a fascinating deviation from the norm of food, of beverages. The natural progression of something which is an edible commodity is as you leave it, it deteriorates. The longer it's around, the worse it is. If you'd like an example for this, I call on you to go eat lunch today. <laughs> You'll see that things left to deteriorate generally go moldy. Wine breaks that rule. Wine, it improves with time. It doesn't 
doesn't become mukukau. It doesn't doesn't go off. Doesn't go rancid. So wine is a fascinating beverage because it embodies something which is the spiritual aspect of life. That if a person locks into the secret of life, so the days become longer, not shorter. As time progresses, there's an expansion, not a contraction. If a person lives in the physical world, so his life is one long deterioration until eventually he dies. He starts off looking really good, and then, you know, 20, 20, 25, things are magnificent. 30, things are still going okay. 35, no, things are going to ache. 40, definitely, um, things are getting a little dodgier. 45, 50, and 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, boom, finished. So really, life is like this whole passage towards self-destruction. In the world of Zakanim, as a person goes, he becomes expanded, understands more. He's, he manages to milk each moment with greater and greater depth and wisdom. So in any given situation, the more wisdom you have, the more you see in that given moment. So every day his life expands, and expands and expands. And that's why Das Zakanim, Yain Yoshan, Mechanimim. Yain Yoshan, Das Zakanim, That The Yain Yoshan is a perfect partner to the expansion that the dice that came has. As they get old, they become broader and broader. They improve with time. They become, they become better. And they reach their pinnacle just before they die. And the passage from life to death is the ultimate expansion. It's a shuffling off the mortal coil which allows them the freedom that they always sought. So the Gemara uses this comparison as uh, like a Loshan um, Gemara is Mibenisa Mechalva. I think that's a Loshan Gemara. The Neshama leaving the goof of a tzaddik is removing a hair from milk. And the Neshama leaving the goof of the person who is becoming embroiled in physicality is like trying to take wool that's caught in a thorn bush. As much as you pull it out, there's still a little bit gets trapped amongst the thorns. It's a very difficult and arduous process because everything's stuck. It's all stuck together. You can't extract it. And that's, that's kind of the, 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 the fundamental notion of where, where life lies. And this is a huge, sometimes, surprise for people, but better than surprise now, the Racham Avri Simshona, is that people are under misapprehension about what death is. They think death is sleep, when you kind of just go, the only difference between death and life is what you're wearing. In life you wear your body, in death you let go of it. But in terms of who you are, there's not even a minute change. So when a person has lived a life which is beyond the physical, so when the time comes to move rooms, it's such an easy readjustment. He doesn't need America's glitter. When a person has lived a life in this world and then he's suddenly involved in a world where everything that he, or the trappings of his identity is removed, he experiences the pain of amputation. All pain is the experience of having something which was a part of me which is no longer there.
and therefore the Rambam says, be careful, because since the Dech Biyasu Shul Adam Yes Nimshach Bedaisa the Masav Acharel the Chaver Venoi Kaminak Anche Medin Nosoi, if you're in the wrong place, you're in massive trouble unless you create an internal world that you can connect to, and then you can live in reality for it. <laughs>